0: Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you, this opportunity to come into your presence. Lord, I pray you'll speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray specifically for those that don't know you yet in a personal way and have a real relationship with you, that you just make yourself real to them today. We just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's give Jesus one more hand clap this morning. You may have a seat. Glory to God. Amen. Well, I'm going to speak to you today a message entitled Stuck Between a Rock and a Hard Place. First of all, does anybody have a Bible in this house of worship? I don't mind seeing it, as you know. We like to shake them, make the bookstores glad and the devil mad, and then we chop off some devil's heads. Na, 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 na. Na, na. Boy, not a very enthusiastic. How about a a little energy in this? Na, na. Okay, okay, good enough. Just to get the point across, this is a spiritual weapon. We fight against spiritual beings, correct? And this thing has power. Matter of fact, repeat after me. This Bible can change my life, it can change my city. I can do what this Bible says I can do. I'll be a history maker and a world shaker. This Bible's a truth detector, a sin deflector, a faith inflator. I'm going to read it now. I'm going to read it later. If you really believe that, give Jesus a shout and a hand clap. Amen. Well, at least I know I'm in the right place now. Talking about being stuck between a rock and a hard place. You know you are stuck between a rock and a hard place when you have to hitchhike to the bank to make your car payment. Or your secretary buzzes you and tells you the FBI is on line one, the DEA is on line two, and CBS is on line three. You know you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Or if the Little League puts you on waivers. Right, Nick? Now you're in trouble then, huh? Or if you see your stockbroker hitchhiking out of town. Might be kind of a tough spot right then. Or you see your cruise captain running toward the railing wearing a life jacket. You might be in that spot. But on a serious note, I want you to think a minute. How many times in your life have you found yourself between life and death? Between no job and bills coming in. Between college cost and no tuition. Anybody out there on that one? Between sick and no insurance. Between a troubled marriage and a stubborn spouse. Not too loud. They're here with you. Careful. Expenses and no income. A dream and no resources. A prayer and no answer. To be stuck between a rock stresses that there's two forces which are restricting one's movement. Or to have someone between a stuck, stuck between a rock and a hard place is to have them in a position that causes them to make a choice they don't want to make. I want you to think about that one. Because there's two forces out there. There's light versus darkness. There's good and evil. There's God and the devil. I mean, they're both trying to influence you. God wants to influence it away to bring you life and life more abundantly. The devil's trying to push you into a corner to try to steal from you. Steal, kill and destroy. He will just take you out. He hates your guts. And so we find those times. Just life itself is going to put you in those positions. Life has hurdles. I mean, there's good that happens to bad people, bad that happens to good people. I mean, it's just part of life because there's sin in this world. And we all need to recognize that. See, my philosophy about this book and about religion and all that boils down to one simple thing. Good God, bad devil. I mean, if you ever get the why this, good God, bad devil. And you just keep it that simple. Now, do you think Moses had a little tough time? I mean, he goes and gets Pharaoh to release the children of Israel. So he sees a victory. All the children of Israel are heading out. And all of a sudden, they come to this big body of water called the Red Sea. And he's thinking, okay, now how do we get across that? And then to make things a little tighter and tougher, he gets a report that that big cloud of dust in the background is Pharaoh and all of his armies charging down, ready to wipe them out. I think Moses is stuck between a rock and a hard place. But I'm telling you, God made a way where there seemed like there was no way. And no matter what you're going through, God can always make a way where it seems like there's no way. He will do that for you. Now, this message started, Sister Dorothy, last Sunday. Went on, just got to church, and she was there getting communion ready. And and she says, you know, I just need an acronym for the word heart. Because when you're in hard times... And you're trying to, you know, believe for a healing or different things going on. And, you know, it's just a lot of times there's hard issues you gotta deal with. And I was kind of thinking and meditating. I said, well, I don't know about the word heart, but the word hard stands out when you're in a hard place. And I kind of said a few things and I don't know if they're even this ones, but it just stuck with me all week. You know, that when you're in a hard place. So the acronym for the word hard is this. It's in that place where you say, I need, what do you need? You're saying, God, I need help. I need answers. I need resources. I need direction. How many have been in those, I need places, rocking a hard place? And you're really crying out, the Lord, oh, I need this. I need this. And you might want some microwave answers, but you might have to settle for some pressure cooker results. Now, the microwave cooks fast, but the food's not always the best. And a lot of times it nukes a lot of the nutrients out of it. Now, a pressure cooker, see, steam boils at sea level at 212 degrees. And then it gets no higher. It just it turns to steam. But if you add about 15 pounds of pressure to that, you can raise it up to about 250 degrees. You know, you got a seal container, container it's under pressure. And then the food usually turns out better. And it retains all the nutrients. So it ends up better. Now, life can be like a pressure cooker. And if you respond right, you will come out better. You always do. So the word help. When you need that help, when you're in a tight spot, and you say, God, I need help. Who do you go to? Who do you turn to? In Psalm 46.1, it says, God is our refuge and strength. A very what? Present help in time of trouble. I'm telling you, between a rock and a hard place, I'd run to the rock. And I'd get on it. I'd get under the shadow of the Almighty. But who do you turn to? I'll Oftentimes in my life, I might just go to the six-pack of beer. Or maybe you go to the medicine cabinet and find those pills. Maybe you go to a relationship that you know is terrible, but you just go there because you're lonely and you try to find some answers and it never turns out right. You know, what do you turn to? Maybe you, you go to Easy Mart to get the lottery ticket. And, you know, maybe that one last try, maybe I'll, I'll strike it rich or something. But I'm telling you, you need to go to the refuge. You need to go the one that's a very present help in time of trouble. What about when you need answers, where do you go? Well, if you were on the show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Does anybody want to be a millionaire? Okay. If I was on that show, you hit that place where you don't know the answer, but you've got the phone a friend. And if their knowledge and science, man, I'm going to call that phone a friend because they know about this situation. I'm telling you, if I hit a situation, I want to make the phone call to Jeremiah 33.3. Three. Call on the Lord and he will answer and show you great and mighty things yet to come. He's going to give you answers and he knows what's to come. He can give you direction and guidance and wisdom. So he has the answers. See, and there's a lot of good answers, but you need to get the God answer. It's like good idea versus God idea. You need to get the God idea, the God answer in situations. What about resources? Where do you go? I knew I could always run to my mama. I don't know if she's here today. Wave at me if you are here, mama. Yeah. Always can get me out. Need a little help here or there. Could always go there. But where do you go? Maybe it's to this friend all the time to get your resources, or maybe it's your mommy or daddy, or maybe it's to the credit card. You know, maybe it's to that lottery ticket or something. But you know what? Those wells will eventually run dry. They will, no matter what. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 2.13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. I tell you, I want to go to the place of living water. Endless resource. And that's that rock that talked about in the desert. In one verse in Hebrews, it says it followed them around. that gushed out enough water for two and a half million people, and all the cattle and all the whatever. I'm telling you, that's a great source to go to. And we read this in the offering, Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's got resources. What about direction? What do you do when you need directions? Where do you go? A reminder of that definition again. To have someone between a rock and a hard place is to have them in a position that causes them to make a choice they don't want to make. That's what the enemy... See, in my life, we won't get into the whole whether drinking's bad or not, but for me... The drinking would water down my ability to say no where it would get me in a place that would do something stupid. And I began to think how God set me free from that. And it was just that little voice because where I was going in my life with the alcohol, I was speaking in high schools, drug and alcohol prevention, that would not be a good thing you know, to say one thing and do another thing. And then I found out when you raise kids, it's tough because I've been working with youth over 20 years. And for parents to say, well, don't do this, but we do this. And it, and I just say praise God that God set me free from that, and my kids don't struggle with that, because it hasn't been passed down. You know, I just thank God for that. But here's where I was going on that. I I can I got a, a best friend in high school that we used to. I mean. Do all this stuff and drive and drink and do all this stuff and surprise real life. But the sad thing, and he's probably, he likes cars like I like cars. I'm just a car nut. And he is probably one of the best painters, body man I've ever seen. And has, uh, you know, 100000 and $200,000 cars. He's done for other people. But you know what? I went over this way and God set me free. He's 55 years old, same age as me, riding a bicycle. Three DUIs. And he might get his license back, but I'm saying, buddy, you better. And he came to the place where he knows God, but he hasn't been able to let go of that. I'm saying he's no more going to have his license; it's going to be gone forever. And I'm pray with me because I'm going to Nebraska and I'm going to meet with him this week, and just pray God really set him free because the enemy uses all those things he wants to steal from you. Okay, went there a little bit, little bonus thing for whatever it is. Amen. But you need decisions. You need direction. And the thing is, you're here right now in your particular situation because of decisions you made in the past. And maybe decisions—maybe there's a problem in your marriage right now because of decisions you made in the last few weeks or something. And maybe you're in a good spot because of decisions you made. But the decisions you make today determine where you're going to be tomorrow. And that's why it's so important when you're in the presence of the Lord like this, that the God gives you some opportunities to make some decisions. I mean, don't leave here without making some right decisions. And some, you know, where you're saying, I'm going this way. God, and I need your help. Psalm 107, 28. Children of Israel, of course, they got in trouble again. It says, they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that the waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. You're in that place. God, I need direction. What will he do? He knows the destination you need to be. He will guide you just like you're a ship in the water. There's a harbor, there's a destination He can take you to, if you trust Him. Amen? Now, when you talk about direction, relationships are big direction changers. Would you agree with that? Anybody married agree with that? I mean, it's easy to fall in love. Very easy. And that's why when you feel that starting to happen... Young people, you might need to submit to your mommy and daddy and trust them. That they might hear from the Lord. You know, talk to spiritual leadership. You that are 50 and 60 and wanting to get married. I mean, just trust in the Lord. And a lot of times when we get to that place where we really want this, we don't want to ask the spiritual people. Because we're afraid, oh, they might not agree. And I've been there. And, you, and But God's faithful. See, a relationship. And that's why it's so strong. There's a scripture... 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. See, we're not talking about Christians because 95% of Texarkana calls themselves Christians. But do they act like Christians? We're talking about believers, people that believe this word and do what it says. And so if you want to go with somebody, I mean, see if they're following this word. Not just, oh, I go to church. I mean, it's a little more than that. Okay. But don't be yoked with unbelievers for what fellowship have righteousness with lawlessness what communion has light with darkness. To be yoked it's like two cows in the big wooden things that are locked together and you put those two cows together they can only go one direction. They can't go two. And it wouldn't be better that if you see somebody you're a little interested in just put your hand in the hand of Jesus and He will lead you to the right one. Won't He? I'm not saying it's easy but you can trust Him. Because when it's you need to hear His voice. You need to sense His leading. And when you start getting emotionally connected, and the voices start getting all mixed up, it's hard to really know, you know what's going on. But trust the Lord. You can trust Him. He knows. He has somebody special for each one in this room. If you just wait. Amen? Enough on that stuff. And even financially, when you get emotionally or financially yoked with somebody, that's why you want to be cautious in the business world, who you're yoking yourself with. Anybody been there where you've kind of gotten in trouble a little bit? I mean, ask the Lord. Let Him know. So this message kind of comes down to one word, trust. Trust in God. This Bible comes down to one word. From our viewpoint, I mean, from God's viewpoint, it's love. He loved you so much, He gave His only Son. From our viewpoint, it's trust. That we've got to trust God. That He wants to be your dad. You know, it's going to be hard to trust somebody when you've had a rough past. Because you haven't been able, you didn't trust your daddy. He might have been abusive or whatever. And I'm talking about a daddy in heaven you can trust. So you've got to get beyond that he's just the big guy in the sky. Or he's the one with the baseball bat ready to hit you over the head when you mess up. But he really does love you. But you'll not experience that love until you invite his son to come into your life. His son Jesus. The one that showed. And God showed you his love. While we were yet sinners. He died for us. And so you've got to invite him, and God's not going to force his way into your life. But he loves you enough. I mean, he loves you right, like you are, and just like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Say, so thank God. So you got to trust. David trusted in the Lord. You look at the book of Psalms. I just did a little word search, and I typed in trust, and just the book of Psalms. Brrr, page one. Brrr, page two. You like that? Brrr. I don't know they sound to me. Just... Page three. I mean, page after page where the word trust was in the book of Psalms where David spoke about trusting the Lord. And you think about him going after a giant and not being fearful or afraid, but running toward the giant with a rock. But knowing and trusting God so much, all I got to do is just let that thing go and God will take that rock and put it where it needs to go. I mean, he trusted God. God was faithful to him. And then... He poured that trust into his son. I mean, his son saw that. And here's what his son wrote in the book of Proverbs. Solomon, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. The message version is real good. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Good words, right? Words you can live by, right? See, when we're in a tight spot and it's hard and we have that I need, I need help, I need answers, I need resources, I need direction. Well, guess what? There's a God there that's saying, you need, he says, I have. Whenever you cry out, I need help, I need answers, I need resources, I need... Direct, God says, I have help, I have answers, I have resources. I have direction for you. A matter of fact, earlier I said, if you're between that uh, rock and the hard place, where do you want to go toward? The rock. So, the acronym for rock, this is what God has for you. This is a double acronym day. Double anointing. I mean, don't try this at home. I don't want you to pull a muscle or something. You know, I've... Do acronyms a lot, so I'm trying to today. We'll see how it goes. But this is God's answer, the Rock. When you say I need help, I'm stressed out, I'm worried, I'm God says I have, I have rest. That's the first thing He has for you. I mean, it's that place where there might be a storm going on, but you'll sense His peace. There'll be a calm in the midst of the storm, in whatever's going on. See, your mind starts going, and the fear starts coming in. He can come. And he can give you that rest. Now, do you think Moses probably had a little tough time leading what they estimate is over two and a half million people through that Red Sea and then across the desert 40 years? They're whining about what, I don't have anything to drink. I'm tired of what we're eating and on and on. I'm telling you, we just took a vacation. Try taking a vacation with four kids. And I know it's tough when they're two, four, six, and eight or whatever they are. It's still tough when they're 18, 20, 22, whatever. So you can imagine Moses said, man, I need, I need, I need. And God said, I have. I have rest for you. a matter of fact, in Exodus 33, 15, Moses hit a place. He says, if your presence does not go with us, don't even bring us out from here. Because he understood, man, he needed the presence of the Lord. And God spoke to him right before that in verse 14. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That word rest is the word nuach. And it breaks down, it means to rest, settle down, to be soothed or quieted, to be secure, to be still, to dwell peaceably. So the Noah, the guy that built the ark, you know him? His name came from the word Nuach, Noah. And so his name literally means rest giver or comforter. And so you take that verse and you read it again with that uh, understanding. It says, God's presence will give rest to his people. That is, his presence soothes comforts, settles, consoles, and quiets us. That's why it's so important to get in the presence of the Lord when you have things going on. That's why we saved a little time today at the end to get in the presence of the Lord. And I promise you this. We sing about Him. We worship Him. He will show up. And if He shows up, I'm telling you, you will sense His presence. But now you've got two options. When the presence is here right now, because we're just talking about Him. But when we worship, it'll even come to another level. And now you can either stand on the out, in this very room, the presence everywhere, omnipresent everywhere, but yet you could be on the outskirts and just kind of be looking in, saying what's going on. Or you can participate and get in the middle of it. I'm telling you, it's an exciting place to be. And you can do that anytime you begin to acknowledge God and His presence comes. But just don't stand and observe it, get in the middle and participate in it. The O stands for overflow. Okay? God says, you have questions, I got answers. But you just need to get under the spout where the glory comes out. There's an overflow. You got to be close enough to catch it. I mean, he's splashing out good stuff all the time. There's rivers of living water. But you got to be close enough to catch some of it. And then when you catch some of it, hopefully you can give it away. Lawrence, you better get up here. I might have to have you share quick have a mic ready. It's right over there. But there's an overflow when it comes to God. Just getting in His presence and get filled up. And when it comes to resources, God says, trust me. I just read that scripture. Let's go ahead and hit this right now. When I said overflow, and I know you've been in some tight spots lately, health and stuff. Tell us about this overflow. When you mentioned overflow in this morning service, the Spirit has been working on me for a long time. That's your vessel. And sometimes we're not able to receive the overflow because we've got a lid on top of that vessel. We can't pour out and we can't receive because of hatred and unforgiveness. And that's two things that can't work in the Lord's eyesight. Because if we want God to forgive you for the things that you've done in your life, you've got to be able to forgive others. And you can't have hate towards one another if you want God to love you because God is love. So we've got to take that lid off where we can receive the overflow as Pastor Michael talked about, and we might also give the overflow. Because once you receive it, you're going to have to give it back out. Yeah. And God is going to fill you back up once you're relieving it. And I know whatever happened in my life is for a reason. Because God had me in a rock and a hard place. But I know that God leading my hand in the path of direction I need to go. Amen. We're proud of you, buddy. Thank you. Right, thank you. Amen. So you've got to get close enough to get under that spout. But you also got to have the lid off. Don't be capped with unforgiveness and bitterness. And I know you might feel like you have, right? And when you have a hard time... And remember, forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. And if you have a hard time, just close your eyes and picture Jesus with one hand stretched over here and the other hand over there. Big old nine-inch spikes stuck through his wrists and hands. And they beat him so bad, literally every organ was exposed. And, I mean, it don't take long to realize, and he forgave us. But he said, if you don't forgive them, I can't forgive you. It's a very powerful, important thing to see freedom in your life. So he has resources. I just talked about, you know, tithing and trusting the Lord and giving Him that 10% in Proverbs 3.10, where it talks about tithing and giving offerings. It says, So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats overflow, say overflow, with new wine. He says, When you trust Him in your finances, the windows of heaven open up and He'll pour out a blessing. I mean, there's an overflow of grace, mercy, resources, whatever you might need, creative ability, whatever it is. He's got the, that for you. When you say, I need, God says, I am. That's a powerful name. I am. Moses asked, what's your name? I am. I am what you need me to be. And whenever you go through a journey with God, and that's what this Christian walk is, a journey, he'll reveal yourself, himself to you. and He revealed himself to Abraham, to Moses, he revealed, and the process goes on, he revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, which means our provider in Genesis 22. Jehovah Rapha, our healer, the Lord that healeth. Jehovah Nisi, our banner, or the one that carries the victory flag ahead of you and goes before you and defeats your enemy. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Jehovah Raha, our shepherd. Jehovah Sitkanu, our righteousness. Jehovah Shama, a very present God. So whatever you need him to be, he says, I am. And he'll give you the sea is courage. Say courage. courage. Look at your neighbor and say it like the cowardly lion would. Courage. What makes a muskrat his musk? Courage. But that came out of way out of nowhere. In Exodus thirty three, eighteen. This is the same verse where Moses is saying, God, I need your presence to go with me, and God said, I'll go with you and then he got a little more bold. And then Moses said, Hey God. Hey, Daddy, why don't you show me your glory? I'm, I'm going to go for it. I, I'm, I'm going to just go all the way. Show me your glory. And God says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. So what's his glory? His goodness. We have a good God. It's his goodness that will lead to repentance. When you begin to realize how much he loves you, it makes you want to change. I mean, he's good. He woke up in a good mood this morning. He's for you, not against you. Amen? It goes on to say, And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, who is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and you shall stand on the rock. So it will be, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the... I'm going to put you in between this rock and this hard place. Okay? And then I'm going to reveal myself to you. Anybody getting it? So it will be, and I'll cover you with my hand while I pass by, and I'll take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not see. I'm telling you, Moses got a revelation of who God was. His goodness. And then he spoke to Joshua, because Moses knew he wasn't going into the Promised Land. Joshua was going to take him there. So Moses, with all that inspiration and that courage, said to Joshua, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and be of good courage. For you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to his fathers to give you. And you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. I'm telling you, that should be encouraging. And then David used that same verse to encourage his son Solomon when Solomon was going to build the temple in 1 Chronicles 28.20. That same verse. Be strong and of good courage. The Lord will be with you. He's not going to forsake you. So, what is courage? It's that faith. It's that trust in the Lord. It's a confidence you can have that your daddy can beat up anybody on the block, can take care of you, can get you out of a tight situation in Mexico, right? Wherever you might be. So, the K stands for knowledge. Proverbs 2 6. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. You know, when you're between that rock and a hard place and you need direction, you need some wisdom, you need some guidance. John 16, 13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide. Say guide. He'll guide you in all truth. Because don't you want to do the right thing and not the wrong thing? He'll guide you in truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes, you need to get saved. That means you need to get your right life right with God and invite Jesus into your life. But there's another experience. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to get filled with the Spirit. That overflow of the Spirit. Well, but when I got saved, I have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you have the Holy Spirit because you can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals Jesus. But have you been filled, immersed, dunked, overwhelmed, overflowed with the Holy Spirit and speaking another language that you might not understand? That's how you know. Or you just sense the presence of God so strong in your life. I'm telling you, you get to that place where the Holy Spirit's so real, you realize He's right there beside me, like the Scripture said. He's my comforter, my teacher, my lawyer, my paraclete, whatever He needs me to be. And He'll give me the words right from heaven. Whatever I need. He'll guide you. Say, guide you. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Let me tell you a little about the Lord's eye. First of all, it's not bound by time. We can see what's here right now and then maybe it'll come back as a memory. God can see in the past, before you were born, as you were being created in your mother's womb. He can see ahead, all the way to the end. And it's 360 degrees all the way around. He can see in through you to the very bones, whatever. God can see everything. Now wouldn't you want the person that can see everything to lead you? But you've got to grab his hand. When you let go... It's pretty tough for him to lead you, isn't it? So we're talking about a relationship where you walk hand in hand with somebody. Take a hold of his hand and don't let go. Let me kind of finish with a uh, uh, just kind of a, a story about how this message helped me this week and sometimes in the past. And maybe you can just kind of take some practical things out of it. But I knew this was going to be a tough week coming into it because we're getting ready to go to North Dakota on a mission trip, a place, at least the team that's going has never been, never been there. Uh, long trip, and we're talking 22 hours of just driving one way. Uh, so I've got to get vehicles ready. The, the 20s are at the ramp in Alabama, and I had to get vehicle ready for them. So I say, okay, we'll take the 32 passenger. They can use that, get back, turn around the next day because tomorrow morning we leave. And I have some of the youth come up. They're going to clean it out. I start it up. Something's squealing, and I hear rubber burning. I say, oh, great run it down the mechanic. The brand new air compressor for the air conditioner froze up. Brand new. It's warranty, but they got to get another one in. So I'm thinking, okay, Pastor Joe, take the big bus. Roll with it. And so they're going and it's all ready to go. And so I said, we'll have ours by that time. And as they're fixing our air compressor, the other, the second one quit. And so then they couldn't get another one in. they said, well, half of it will work. You should be all right. So we drove around an hour or two yesterday and think, we're not going to be all right. Uh, it's like 90% windows in that bus. It's like, okay, Lord. But I mean, I got that. Wednesday night, my throat starts to hurt to where I can't even sleep. and I'm thinking, I got to preach Sunday. I got to have a message. I got to be able to communicate. And I was at that place Thursday. Oh, Lord, I need help. I need answers. I need some resources. I need direction. And I was at that place. I was ready to call one of our church members and say, hey, would you just take me to the, to the gun range and let's just shoot off some steam with some guns and, and kind of go that route? But I really, and which wouldn't have been bad, but I really felt I need to get in the presence of the Lord. So I just came into the sanctuary, wasn't feeling that great, laid down, and I got my little notebook. Hold it up, Sharon. I mean, just get you a journal. Vanna. Thank you, Vanna. That's my wife, Sharon. But uh, I'm just going to get in the presence of the Lord. And the one way the Lord can kind of speak to me is I just start writing. It's kind of junior highlight. Do you like me? Circle yes or no. I kind of, Lord, what do I do? The big bus the little bus? Yes or no? And I kind of write, I get that impression. Yes, and I'd circle it. And I, but I've done that over the years. And even in this situation, there was one I wrote yes, then I wrote no, and I circled them both, and I put a question mark. And it ended up, even that answer was right. Because the bus was ready, but not ready enough for me. So anyhow. But one other thing in my life, just that kind of came up. But in that, I just wrote down some things, and God's faithful to give me some answers we got a prophetic word. That means somebody spoke over our lives and said, the Lord has a house for you. And it's got a fence and a pool and storage. And this was when we're living in a house and they doubled the rent. Went from 600 to over 1300 And so we have to find a place. We can't find a place. Our kids are little at the time. Meanwhile, a lady in our church that's 70 and her mom's 90 and they, were, they had a home. She's driving back from Little Rock's As I was driving, I saw this in my mind. You living with us. I said, well, do you know we can't find a place right now? She said, no. We ended up living with her and her three or four cats and our older little kids. But it was during that time we were able to get out of some debt that we had incurred when I was playing in the United States Football League and they didn't pay us and things got all behind. And then we finally come to that place. Okay, somebody in our church is selling a house right back here. So we're thinking, okay, great. We'll be gone this week. We'll come back and do the paperwork. We come back to find out they sold it to somebody else. I said, well, it would have been nice if you told us, but I could have got mad, but I said, okay, God, I'm trusting you. You can open doors and you can short doors. So there must be something better. So we find this other house and it's kind of beat up, but we can fix it. And and so this is in December. In January, we're going to buy the house. In December, their kids set the house on fire. Literally set their mom's clothes on fire, burnt through the bedroom and the kitchen, and they were thinking, okay, God, I really thought this was it. Because we got that word, seven, eight years have passed by, but you get a prophetic word so you have something to fight with, something to hold on to. And so now I take this construction guy out, and he looks at it, and he said, I would not touch this house. He said, I, I, I wouldn't do it. It is gonna be too much money. But see, meanwhile, God is rearranging the furniture. He has somebody that starts coming to this church that was in the construction business that was bound up in alcohol. I mean, I mean, it was just destroying him. He comes, gets saved, gets set free. God's turning him around. And so, I don't even know how I met him. But he said, let me go look at this house. So we go out there. He looks at it. He said, we can do this. And I said, okay. I so said, now I just got to come up with some money since I don't have any credit and all that. I could go on the whole message about how this story transpired. From getting a house in the land that was there for 7000 that I didn't have and got it and using that as collateral to get a house and then still having to pay off $18,000 worth of car notes when I was buying and selling cars and some lady that's not here in our church anymore just made it sound like she was going to kind of maybe help me with one car. She goes to my our bank with my wife before I can get a loan. I have to clear out this debt and she pops out $18,000 and pays for it. And this is a lady that's living with three other families, about 20-some in a house. And not extravagant at all. And you don't know. And I'm telling you, we got a house now with a fence and a pool. And the pool's a miracle because the Lord helped me build it and I had no knowledge. So He can give you creative ability. And when I got to the cement part, I figured I'd call Kevin Mode. He knows a little bit, but I ran a little cement, but not in 100-degree Texas heat. And that builder that hadn't talked to me for probably a couple years calls me the day I'm supposed to try to run cement. He said, what are you up to? And I hadn't talked to you in a while. Well, I'm trying to do the cement. He sends down his crew, and they run it for me. I'm telling you, he can make a way where there's no way. I could go on and on, but... I mean, when you get in those places, it's good to have a journal. Go back and reflect on what the Lord's done. Amen? So if you need help, he's got answers. He'll provide resources. He'll give you direction. There's a rest available and peace in the midst of the storm. There's an overflow of mercy and grace and resources. He's what you need him to be. He'll tell you, be of good courage. I'll be with you. I'm not going to forsake you. But you've got to get in position. If you want overflow, again, you've got to get under the spout where that goodness comes out. And stay close to Him and have the lid on. The last scripture. And I want to declare this over you before we go. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. i believe been believing for some breakthrough in our finances. I'm starting to see it. i still got to do things to get in position. But if it's health you need in your body, I declare breakthrough in Jesus' name. If it's something in a relationship, I declare breakthrough in the name. God is the God of breakthrough. Listen to this last verse. We started with it. Psalm 46, 1 through 5. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though, we've all had some even those, the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams, the overflow, shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High God. God is in the midst of her, She shall not be moved. God shall help her. When? Just at the break of dawn. When's it darkest? Right before the dawn. Never, 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 never give up. The difference between boiling water and steam is one degree. It'd be a shame. I mean, you don't know your answer could come in one month. Your breakthrough could come in one week. What if your breakthrough was coming in one minute and you gave up? Don't give up. Everything can change in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. It really can. I'm going to ask a couple questions, and I just want the band to play. And I want you just to just kind of soak in the presence for a minute. Let's take three or four minutes before we leave and just let the presence of God come. And here's what we're going to need. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you to respond by raising your hand to kind of tell God that, Hey, uh, you know, I'm in agreement with that or I receive what you're saying about that situation. You're not voting on the message or joining the church. You just kind of say, by faith, God, I'm connecting with this. So if you feel like you're in a rock, between a rock and a hard place, and you need some help, just hold up your hand and put it back down. You're just telling God. You need some answers in a situation, hold up your hand. Or you need some resources, a financial situation, hold up your hand and put it back down. Or you need some direction. Young people, you might need some direction. School, different things going on. Let God know and then put it back down. And probably the most important question I can ask you is if you died today, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Nobody asked me that till I was 30 years old. I'd been in church and nobody asked me that question. It was when I was reach, trying to reach my goals and dreams and feeling like I'm doing pretty well. Got a nice girl, nice car, playing pro football. And in that chapel service, somebody asked me that question and I thought, oh man. And he said four things. God loved me and had a plan for my life. So, I mean, that's good to know. Because of my sin, I'm separated from God. Yeah, I, I've sinned. That's no, and I'm separated from God. The third thing Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And through him, I could know and experience his love and plan. Knew all those things from Sunday school, but still living like the devil the rest of the week after I go to church. But this is the thing that changed my life. The fourth thing he said you must, you must individually ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, in other words, to forgive your sins and that's something I didn't do and I raised my hand that day and they said a prayer with me and I invited Christ to come into my life and there was nothing supernatural in the way of lightning bolts or angels showing up but I began to have a peace in my life I didn't have I began to have some direction I didn't have and I'm telling you the God of peace is here for you right now the God that can give you direction and reveal His plan and love to you is here right now but He will not force His way in so if you're here today and don't know where you'd spend eternity and you want to invite Christ into your life On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to hold your hand up. Or if you've gotten off track and you just know, man, I've just gotten I said a prayer one time or I made a commitment, but I've just got off track. And today's the day. I need to repent. That means I need to turn and go in a different direction. I need to ask God for His forgiveness and invite Him fresh into my life. So on the count of three, if you want to invite God in or get back right with God, hold your hand up. One, two, three. Hold your hands up. Anybody else? See your hand. Anybody else? See your hand, your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Between you and God, He won't force His way. And I see your hand. One over there. See your hand. I'm going to wait one more moment. Well, Pastor Mike, what am I have to give up? You're going to have to give up some things. You're going to have to give up dirt to get diamonds. You're going to have to give up your sin to get forgiveness. You're going to have to give up your rags to get His riches. I'm telling you, He's not a bad used car salesman. Okay. If you really, really surrender... Well, I tried that. But did you really surrender? He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Did you give Him everything? One more time. Anybody else want to join in that prayer? Hold your hand up real quick and we're moving on. Okay, right at the end. We're going to worship now. I'm going to have our altar team come up here. And stay long enough to... Let's worship one song together for those at the altar. And everybody, altar team, you come right now. I want to some of you young people that are connected with the Lord right now I want them to come up and if you're in a hard place right now if you need healing in your body if you need uh, you just need to agree with somebody and there's going to be power in you taking this walk of faith up here that's telling God say hey I'm believing you're going to do something in my life whether you need deliverance from something drugs or alcohol he can do that right now because I'm believing see I know these men and women that are up here and there's an anointing on their life there's an anointing on this church He can set the captives free. Any of you at the altar been set free from anything? I'm telling you, I've heard some powerful testimonies. And they're going to pray with you. And when they pray, they're going to start praying, but God's probably going to take over in their prayers. And so there's going to be some power up here. Let's stand to our feet. Those that raised your hand, I want you to come up and begin to pray with somebody. The rest of us, we're going to worship. But Father, I just pray your power will come into this place, set captives free, heal people. All those that raised your hand... For salvation. I want you to come right to the middle and see me. Let's give them a big hand clap as they come right now. You want to get right with God. You come right in the middle and see The rest of you just come to the altar workers. And they're going to pray with you.